You know, we call it our comfort zone for a reason, right? Because it is the place or it is among the people or it is in the activity that we feel comfortable, we feel confident, we feel like this is the place that I should be. And it can take lots of forms, right? It could be that it takes the form of a physical place or people that we love or things that we feel like we're really good at because we have the training or ability or experience to make us capable. And, and then there are the things that we don't feel very comfortable doing. For me, if you're talking about reading, studying, writing, speaking, I'm in my comfort zone. If you talk about home improvement or you talk about athletics, I'm outside my comfort zone, right? I've tried lots of stuff and it's always that way. I mean, basketball, bad, softball, terrible, tried to ski once, couldn't even stand up, way out of my comfort zone, okay? And we all have those things, but, but it can also happen spiritually. And, and the thing is, God never called us to be comfortable. There's never a place that we can look in the Bible where God says, what I really want for you is for you to just make sure you're comfortable. In fact, over and over, it seems like God calls people out of their comfort zone to do something new. I mean, we could have a comfort zone spiritually too, because like this room for some of you is really your comfort zone. There are some who maybe are here for the very first time. You've never walked in this room until this morning. We're glad you're here. It's probably not your comfort zone yet, but we're going to try to make you feel comfortable here and we're just we appreciate you worshiping with us. But for others, you've worshiped in this room for years or even decades and you feel very very comfortable walking in this place. You've worshiped here, grieved here, celebrated here, and if someone asks you to do something in this room, you feel comfortable about it. Or maybe it's serving with people that you know well. You've served with them a long time in some ministry of the church. You know what to expect of them. You know where they're gifted, where you're gifted, how that matches up. And so those people are your comfort zone. But if somebody asks you to serve with other people, that might be a little more challenging for you. Or it could be a ministry. A ministry that you know a lot about. Maybe you've served in kids ministry or welcome ministry and, and you feel good about that. It plays to your strengths. But if somebody came up and said, hey, we really need you to help over here. Are you willing? You'd be like, I don't know because I'm not really comfortable with that. But if God doesn't call us to be comfortable, how do we deal with this comfort zone mentality of ministry? I want us to think about that for a couple weeks beginning a new series today that will just last through next Sunday, and we're going to sort of take a two-pronged approach to this, to God's call to do ministry even when it's not comfortable. And the first thing we're going to deal with we find in Acts chapter 20. It really teaches us about this. Now, many of you know sort of the basic outline of the book of Acts. It's pretty simple. It's the story of the earliest days of the church. Luke wrote it, but he doesn't tell us everything because there's no way to do that. So he focused on two people primarily. First part of the book is all about Peter and his ministry. Second part of the book is all about Paul and his ministry. Now we know from the book of Acts that Paul has four journeys. Three of them we call missionary journeys because Paul was on a mission, right? He wanted to share the message of Jesus with people who didn't know it. Fourth journey is sort of, he's in prison basically. He's under arrest and he goes from Jerusalem to Rome to be tried. Now, these first three journeys, we've got to remember... For Paul, this is way outside his comfort zone. 
When we meet Paul, we understand that he is a Jew. He is a Jew among Jews, trained in the law, knew how to stand up and preach and teach according to the law, probably was able to write about all of that. He was very comfortable talking about those things. In fact, so comfortable that when the Christians came along and were thinking about a whole new way of relating to God, Paul said, let's arrest them, throw them in jail, and if we can find a way to kill them, let's do that too. But then God acted. Most of us know the, the story of the road to Damascus where, where Paul is really reawakened and he encounters Jesus. And from that point forward, Paul has a new mission. And the mission is to share this message of Jesus. Not to go after the people who believe, but to bring people to Jesus. Talk about being outside your comfort zone, that's it. And not only was Paul called to preach and teach among the Jews that he knew so well... Paul was called to travel throughout the Mediterranean and preach and teach among non-Jews, Gentiles, to be in the middle of them eating foods that he was not going to eat in his earlier days and live life that, that he, he did not fully understand. So Paul knew what it meant to be outside his comfort zone. When we come to Acts chapter 20, we're right at the end of what we call his third missionary journey. He's taken a couple of them and really traveled and shared this message of Jesus with Gentiles. You come to the third one, it's the longest one. This journey actually lasts for several years. A big center of this journey is where Paul ministers in the city of Ephesus. It's a metropolitan city, very diverse, uh, an economic crossroads, an important city in the Roman Empire. Paul settles there for three years, basically, and he shares the message of Jesus. He founds a church, brings leaders up. He really goes through a difficult time, under arrest likely, maybe in jail, maybe writes a letter to the Colossians there, but he really identifies with this people, th these people, and then he moves on. But after he moved on, he recognizes that it's time to go back to Jerusalem and envisions he sees that he's probably going to be bound, arrested, tried, maybe killed, but he's going to go anyway. But Paul has this last chance to encounter these leaders from Ephesus. In this sort of poignant and compelling scene in Acts chapter 20, Paul puts in, he's on a ship now, he puts in in Miletus, which is near Ephesus. He doesn't want to go into Ephesus. I'm sure he thought I'm going to get distracted. And so he calls the elders of the church in Ephesus, men he'd spent three years with, ministering together, and he asked them to come and meet with him. And this is likely the last time that they ever encountered one another. And so Paul tells them what's coming, the fact that he's going to face all kinds of difficulty. And we pick up in what he's saying in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says this, However, in spite of all that stuff that I'm going to face, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Well, what he's saying is there are more important things than my happiness, my contentment, my comfort. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So what's Paul saying? I've been given a mission, and that mission is to share the message of Jesus with as many people as possible. And Paul knew that that part of his mission was coming to an end in Ephesus. Not completely. Paul still had tons of work to do, but in Ephesus it was over. So how is that mission going to continue? Only through the people that he leaves behind. 
these men who are with him. These men who are going to go back to Ephesus, and then Paul sort of lays out, okay, this is what it should look like. So, next verse, verse 25. He says, Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom of God will ever see me again. So this is it, all right? This is our last moments together. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. So what's he talking about? Paul is basically saying, listen, I am confident in our ministry together. I am confident that I've told you what you need. From this point forward, you can take everything I've said because I haven't held back, and you can go forward with the mission that I started in Ephesus. As the church leaders, the elders... Go back and do ministry. What does that look like? Key verses, verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he, which he bought with his own blood. Paul says, you're the leaders. You're the ones who are going to go back. And what I want you to do is take up the ministry that I'm leaving behind and carry it forward, not just among yourselves, but with the people in the church. Paul uses three words. Well, Luke uses three words. Paul repeats a couple of them that refer to what office these men have. So he calls them at first elders. Luke says Paul gathered the elders. All right, what does that word elder mean? Well, it means exactly what it sounds like the older ones, right? The idea is that with age and experience comes wisdom. And so these people should be leaders in the church. Then they're called, Paul says, keep watch over yourselves and be overseers. That word could be translated and in some of your translations it might be bishops. Now when we hear the word bishop, we think somebody who has a position, authority, maybe a special place in the church, honored, revered, it really just means someone who has the responsibility, opportunity to lead the church, to watch over what's going on and guide the church in the right direction. And then they're called shepherds. In other words, Paul is saying, listen, like a shepherd provides for the sheep, protects them, keeps them safe, gives them what they need, that's what I want you to do for the church. I want you to protect it. I want you to guard it. I want you to provide for it. Elder, overseer, bishop, Shepherd, okay, these men are gathered in front of Paul and he says, I want you to go back and I want you to fulfill these tasks. I want you to be overseers of yourselves, first of all, keep watch over yourselves, then the church, and be shepherds. Now, if we look back at Paul's ministry, what would he mean when he says, go back and oversee the church and shepherd it? I think there's only one thing it can mean. Go back and lead them to fulfill the mission that God has put in front of us, which is to share the message of Jesus with the people around them. And there would be many because Christians were still a minority at this time. So Ephesus, this large metropolitan city, is just waiting for a group of people to come and share this message of Jesus with most of them who still have no clue who he is. Paul says, go back as the leaders and lead the people to do just that. So what's the message for us? As we're thinking about us being out of our comfort zone, I think what, what Paul is saying is, listen, you've got a mission. Go and do it. 
And you know what? The mission really has not changed. Because we live in a world with literally billions of people who don't know Jesus. And so just like Paul started this mission back in the first century, 2,000 years later, we still have the same mission of saying, listen, you can be part of what God is doing in Jesus Christ. We're inviting you in to participate in the acts of God. And here's what you got to do. Believe in Jesus, repent of your sins, and be baptized. The same message that Paul taught back then. But what that might mean is we got to get out of our comfort zone because it might not be easy for us to do this. And part of what Paul is telling these men on that day is you've got to go back and get the people ready to do it because we're not born knowing these things. So go back and prepare the church to reach out in the name of Jesus. So what's the message for us today? Prepare for ministry in order to do ministry. Paul was preaching or was speaking to the elders, and I think he's speaking to those of us who are in leadership in the church now, whether it's pastors, elders, teachers, whomever. But I think he's speaking to all of us. Get ready to do something. And the preparation for ministry is part of the ministry because we're not born knowing how to do this. So we have to prepare ourselves to get out of our comfort zone and do something that makes a difference. Now, that could look very different for different people in the room. What does it mean for us to prepare for this ministry out there that, well, maybe you don't even know what it is? Well, it might be that there are people in the room who at some point will believe that God has called them through his spirit to cross over cultural barriers to share the message of Jesus. Maybe it will be that you'll decide there's a people group out there who needs to know Jesus. Nobody's talking to them. It should be me who goes. I should be the one to talk about Jesus. I should be the one to plant churches in places where no one is planting churches. Maybe you're going to receive that call and it will be outside of your comfort zone and it might be scary and you won't know exactly what to do, okay? Or maybe you'll be called to, to go on a short-term trip, a week or two, a month or three where you go and again, maybe you cross some linguistic or cultural or racial or whatever barrier is out there and, and you're going to be with some people, maybe helping others Share the message of Jesus. And maybe you're thinking right now, that, that is so far out of my comfort zone, I don't even want to think about it. But we've got people in our church who are doing that today, right? In Austria. So it happens, and it wouldn't be that far out of the ordinary for one of us to do that. Maybe, maybe you're on the same road today with someone who's going to receive a call like that, and it's going to be your responsibility to stand with them and help them and pray for them and encourage them and maybe give to them so they can do that work. Or maybe it's going to be done in our community. And you're going to cross some barriers there that you're a little uncomfortable with, but you know you need to because the mission is still the same, to share the message of Jesus with people who don't know him. And that's what we're called to do even now. It hasn't changed. So if preparation is really part of the ministry, 
How do we prepare? What should we be doing to prepare to do ministry? I think there's three things. And they're really basic, but it's just steps that we need to take to be ready to do this mission that was laid on Paul and has been laid on every Christian since. First of all, pray. Okay, we should be praying that God would show us, okay, the mission is to share, people, share with people who don't know Jesus. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for our church? How do we do that? And if, if we find out what it is, God, I want you to give me the strength to do it. Because again, we're talking about getting outside our comfort zone and lots of us, man, we just don't want to do that. And yet we're called to do it. So we want to pray that God would show us exactly what we want him to do we're praying that God would equip us, prepare us for it, empower us for it, and then give us the courage to actually do it. You know, last week we talked about the work of the Holy Spirit, okay? We talked about how that's a sign that God is at work in us. When His Spirit is at work in us, we understand God's at work in us. And part of what we're praying for is the guidance of the Holy Spirit to lead us to fulfill the mission that God wants us to do. And so it shouldn't be surprising to us that God is ready to answer that prayer. So we should pray. Okay? Then we should study. Well, what are we supposed to study? Well, part of what we need to study is God's Word, exactly what we're doing today. I mean, we see examples of people who reached beyond their comfort zone to do something they really didn't want to do, like Paul. Peter is the same if you read his story. And certainly there are even people in the Old Testament that God calls to do things that they don't want to do. They're not prepared to do. They're afraid to do. Okay? We need to study those examples and see what we learn from them. Both in terms of putting our faith in God and then the methodology of how we do it. But we also need to study the people that we want to reach. If we're reaching across cultural barriers, we need to understand what they are and how to relate to the people who need to know who Jesus is. We need to study the culture. We need to study the people. We need to study the language. All those things play in how we're going to fulfill the mission that God has given us. And then we need to practice. And what that means is, is we need to find people who are already doing this and come up alongside them and see what we can learn. Because we often learn best by doing, right? When we actually do something, then we remember it a lot better than if we just sort of hear about it or maybe read. Those are good things too. But man, when we put it into action, it becomes real really quickly. And so when we practice this, then we're more prepared to go out and do it. Now, here's a question we've got to ask ourselves. You know, this room may be the comfort zone for you. I mean, this may be nearly as comfortable as your living room because you've been in this room a lot. But are the people who need to know who Jesus is, are they in this room right now? I mean, maybe there are some, maybe some of you here are seeking out, you're trying to figure out who Jesus is. That's awesome. That's what we want. We want an opportunity to share that journey with you, okay? But there are a lot of people even in our own community and the communities who surround us who need to know about Jesus and they're not in this room right now. 
And that means we've got a responsibility to reach beyond what is comfortable, this place. And maybe reach beyond what is comfortable, the people we know so well. And reach beyond what is comfortable, the ministries that we've all, all, always done, because, because people need to know who Jesus is. So that Jesus can change this life, and Jesus can change eternity for them. We've been given a mission. Love God, love others, and part of that is introducing them to who Jesus is. And the question is, are we willing to reach beyond our comfort zones to make that happen? We've got to decide it's so important. I've got to do it. Let's pray together. God, encourage us, equip us, empower us to reach beyond what is comfortable. And as we think about this first part of doing that, God, prepare us for ministry. Show us exactly what we need to do, exactly where we need to go, exactly where we fit in to your plan. God, we pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.